Welcome to the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here on GPB Media. Thanks for hanging out with us for another week. John Nelson here. And here, since there's really no off-season, what we decided to do is catch up with someone who now has a change of address. Christian Honeycutt, former head coach of Grayson. Now you're wearing a purple VR. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. So what I wanted to do in bringing you in is kind of talk about the cauldron that is being a high school football head coach these days. Now, you and I have known each other uh, a couple of years. A couple of years. Way back. Oh, come on now. I know that both of our hairs were a lot less gray when we started, but you were an assistant at Buford, assistant at Lowndes, and those are the two highest profile places. Why did you want to be a head coach after being such a successful assistant in the first place? Well, I I just think more than anything else, you just crave to move up the ladder to get more responsibility. Um, just understanding that at some point you want the you want a program to have your imprint, things that you value more or less, you know, to reflect who you are. You know, I, I felt that all of us get into coaching for the same reason. That is to impact kids, um, and everybody has a different way of doing it. You know, obviously being around people like Dexter Wood, Jess Simpson, Mickey Kahn, Randy McPherson, Chad Campbell, those types of people, you can pick things that you really, really like from each one of them and then whatever your own core beliefs are and you kind of meld them into your, uh, you know, your own program. And the program, you know, will hopefully be the type of program that will impact kids. So when they leave from high school, you know, they're leaving with more things than just memories. Hopefully they've taken tools with them that'll help them be better husbands, better dads, better employees, you know, to be more or less a leader of their community. How has it changed since we had less gray in our hair? I think the biggest, the the single biggest thing that's changed since when we were younger. (laughs) Last week, (laughs) last Tuesday. Exactly. I think college recruiting has certainly impacted the landscape of high school athletics. You know, obviously that the rise of the dot-coms has has severely, severely impacted the mindset of not just the kids, but also parents. Just understanding that plays such a large, large role. You know, when they look through the prism of high school football, part of that prism no longer is that respective color painted on their wall. So much of the prism, I think, that they look through now is, is the hopes and dreams of playing college football. And there are just a multitude of things that go into that, you know, coming up with recruiting portfolios, making sure that you're selling your kids, you know, make sure you're communicating to parents the academic requirements, you know, make sure you're selling to kids what recruiters are looking for. And I think for, you know, I mean, I think that is an ongoing process as well. So not only are you responsible for all the different phases of the program, all the different seasons within a football program, but now recruiting in and of itself has added just another complete job to the inventory of a head coach in the state of Georgia at every level, whether you're a single A all the way up to 7A. And your last job before you were at Villarica was at Grayson. And if memory serves, it was 10 athletes in the top 100 in the state of Georgia. And what was it like for you at Grayson to have to balance being 
a, a good host to coaches who are banging on your door every Non-stop. day Non-stop. and try to continue to make sure that you are putting a, a team that was game ready out there every Friday. I mean, sure. to me, getting into what you were just talking about, it seems like you have to be about nine different people, including a CEO. You, you've got to be a good host. You've got to be a good guest. You've got to be a, a good teacher. You've got to be a good bunch of different things in that cauldron last year. And also, you have to give the coaches – you have to give the coaches an honest evaluation, the good and the things that that player needs to needs to improve upon. So you know it's it's a constant follow up, make contacts, uh, making sure that the kids know, understand. Look now, when you come to meet this coach, it's important that you know you put your best foot forward too, because you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Right. You know, eye contact, handshakes. You know, the clothes that you're wearing. You know, making sure that you're suitably dressed to meet whatever coach is coming through there. So it it is an ongoing process. So you have to jump, and then at the same vein, you have to make sure that not just the Power Five coaches have access to your players, but the the all the different levels, yeah. all the go of, all the go five, the FCS, the D two, D three, NAIA, everybody. That's right, because because there's some kids who for whatever reason, are not going to play Power 5. Say they don't have the measurables right. or whatnot. But you still want to push them into an Ivy League school. You want to push them to the Patriot League school. You want to push them to the you know, the NAI school. So it is it is a full-time job. The recruiting part it, you know, takes a lot of time. And so you have to enlist help. You have to enlist help from assistant coaches. You have to enlist help from parents. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into just running a football program in and of itself. And now, as... As the years have gone by, the college recruiting has out added another, an entire another level of work. And you you look at all of this, and I, I think that we sit there and you say, well, yeah, it's changed in the last X number of years. Really, it's different ten years ago, five years ago, two or three years ago, and even last year, because especially having a program like the one that you were at, having so many athletes who are being looked at by so many schools. I'd, honestly, I, I look at the job that coaches like you have, like in 2018, and a lot of institutions, and I sit there and go, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how you you balanced your time. I don't know how you pulled you pulled it off. Frankly, I don't, just I'm in awe of guys like you that can do this with the staffs that you can assemble to make sure that everything is still going on in three dimensions every week. Well, it's it's a difficult job. I mean, you have to also remember, the first priority is the academic priority. Yeah. So you have to constantly, you have to run grade reports. You have to talk to kids. Hey, where are we at with this class? You know, how come the grades dropping? Why have you not turned this in assignment? So, I mean, it's it's a lot of things that you have to juggle. Um, and obviously, not everybody does it perfect. I mean, I have more blind spots than anyone. And so, I mean, there are definitely things that one of the best things I, I learned from you know an administrator. He said, when you're in charge, something is going to be missed, out of no fault of your own. But you have to understand that when mistakes do arise, you have to own them, you know, accept responsibility for them, and make sure that you're working like crazy to fix whatever you know may be going wrong. You know, but I think from a from a leadership standpoint, what I've found is that you immediately have to own that mistake. You know, don't don't pass. Don't pass the buck to someone else. You own it, you fix it, and you just work like crazy to prove it next time. Now I know that when you were at East Jackson, you learned lessons about being a head coach. No question. What did you learn about yourself as a coach in your time at Grayson being under the magnifying glass from a bunch of different directions? Th- that you're under a magnifying glass? <laughs> from a bunch of different directions. <laughs> you're, 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 um, 
in that you have to be keenly aware. You have to be keenly aware of everything that you say. Um, I mean, there are many times that something may frustrate you. You know, what I learned was that you have to take a deep breath, understand what's going on. You, you can't fly off the handle. Um, you do have to have a, a picture. You, you do have to remain poised, um, just understanding that there's just a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. Um, you know, losing your poise or losing your calm is not going to make the situation better. Um, you know, the guys that I really, really look up to in the coaching business, you know, Dexter Wood, um, you know, Jess. Right. You know, those guys who are hyper, hyper organized, Shannon Jarvis at Mill Creek. Right. I mean, those those guys are like a combination of Google and Apple rolling their <laughs> one. Like their 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 ability to to compartmentalize is is uncanny. And I think when when you're at that stage of a program, if you don't have like a massive infrastructure where you have secretaries, a coach in charge of this, a coach in charge of that, whatever the case may be, you have to be able to compartmentalize on the fly because there's so many things that are going to pop up. The number one thing I learned in, in being a head coach is that you, you'll never control who's about to walk in the door because you never know who's about to walk in the door with a problem. Right. And so I enjoy talking to people, you know, that, that are, how, what's a new way to organize this? You know, how do you delegate this? I mean, that's for just from a management standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, that's, that's the part that, that I'm really, 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 you know, always trying to grow from. I'm, I drove, me and a me and a coach from Grayson drove to TL Hanna to sit down with Jeff Heron. Right. You know, what a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. what a wealth of organization. You know, so I think, you know, I think you have to constantly look at new ways how to learn how to compartmentalize is is that's the way I'm always trying to think. And on top of you gotta stay on the cutting edge of motivation. You know, what's the next thing coming down the pipe from a technology standpoint? You know, how can we better promote our athletes? to get them the, in the best possible situation possible, you know, and we're just trying to sell, sell, sell athletes. You know, it's, it's not our job to, it's not our job to evaluate talent. It's our job to sell our kids. And what we always tell the kids at Grayson, if you will do what we ask, you, you make the grades you're supposed to make. If you, you know, treat people with respect, we will go above and beyond to sell you. And the same thing was done at Buford with Dexter and Jess. Same thing with Randy McPherson. Same thing with Chad Campbell. Same thing with Mickey Kahn. You sell your players. It's not our job to evaluate. That's your job. But we're going to sell the heck out of our kids. And the same thing is going to happen to Villarica. We're going to sell the heck out of those kids as well. Three-minute warning. You've survived so far. Congratulations. Christian Honeycutt, the new head coach at Villarica, hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. How difficult was last year? There, there, are, a lot of, there are a lot of moving pieces there. There were there are a lot of moving pieces there. Um, you know the kids. The kids at Grayson are, are unbelievable kids. I mean, they are they are outstanding kids, and those kids there work their butts off. I think from an administrative level, I think that you know Dr. Dana Pugh and, and Coach DeBerry. I mean, they will move mountains to try to get um, everything they can to make sure the program gets whatever it needs. Um, but you know, it's it's a constant. You know, you're trying to juggle a lot of different things at the same time. Um, you know, some things I think we juggled really, really well. Uh, some things that obviously we didn't, we didn't do as well. But, um, but I mean, it's, it's that's that's a job that that's that's full time. It is a full time job, and um, you know, just really enjoyed my time there. Really, re- and learned a lot. You know, I, I learned a lot, and so uh, that's why I'm thankful for that opportunity to 
to go there. All right, so let's talk about the Purple VR in your chest now. Take me into an interview. What is it like for someone to interview for a head coaching position? What was it like going into this interview? I think the first, and, and Coach Heron told me this, and I have immense respect for Coach Heron. And he told me, he said, you obviously interview well, which I mean, I don't, it's, it's amazing what a PowerPoint will do. You know, it's amazing what a PowerPoint will do. And, um, but I, I think when I, when I interview anywhere, and my advice to anybody interviewing is, which the first phase of an interview is, they're looking to eliminate. So I think it's important that you understand who the major stakeholders are and you have to understand what's their background. You know, I mean, are they looking for a name? Are they looking for a splash? You know, are they looking for somebody who's flashy? Are they looking for somebody blue collar? You know, I mean, because I think different administrators look for different things in a hire. And so, you know, at Villarica, I mean, they are, that is, they are blue collar. I don't think they're interested in flash. You know, I don't think they're interested in that part. I think what they want to do more so than anything I think they place a higher premium on building the young man more so than the overall win-loss record. And there are a lot of places that are, I don't believe, that are like that. I think they will be proud to say at Villarica, I mean, do they want to win? Absolutely, because everybody wants to win. But I think that they understand that we have to build the young man first, and we want our kids to represent the school and the community with pride and class. Do they want to win? Absolutely. But first and foremost – First and foremost is they want their kids to act right and do right. And so I think an interview, you have to understand who, what is it they're looking for. And I understand, but also my advice to anyone interviewing is the first thing they're trying to do is eliminate first. All right. You know, don't get caught up with a, you know, with a, with a, with a Stockdale moment. Right. Yeah. No, it's don't, <laughs> don't, don't get caught up with a Stockdale moment. That's your Google moment. search for today, kids. Stockdale, General Stockdale. That's your Google moment. That's it. You survived. New head coach of Villarica High, Christian Honeycutt, will be keeping an eye on him when it comes to everything Football Fridays. Sean Powers, as always, in charge of the ones and twos. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Go to gpb.org. Go to GPB apps. Download all the stuff. Put Football Fridays in quotes. Hit the magnifying glass. Save us. Put us where all your favorite podcatchers are found. Play it safe, everybody.